episode number 60, talking 6th gen Camaro pricing. Welcome to the Camaro Show, a podcast about all things Camaro and GM performance news. I'm Chris Frezzo. And I'm Jason Debler. We're your hosts for this week's episode of the Camaro Show. Want to be part of our show? It's easy. Just leave a message on our voicemail hotline at 586-486-3182. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Camaro Show. I'm Chris. I'm Jason. What is going on with your voice, Lindsay Lohan? I, I left it in Indiana this <laughs> week, so I'm, I'm hoping it comes home soon. <laughs> Allergies sucks. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna power through, but uh, I, I know you're gonna take the lead on this, buddy. So I'm gonna do my best. You, you, it's, it's not like I like to talk on this show too <laughs> off too much or anything. So uh, all right, I'll do. The, I'll get started right now with the rundown because we do have a packed 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 show we've uh, got to start with talking about the the least recent uh news about the mustang camaro and challenger crash tests yes Ooh, god it's scary to watch those things especially the slow motion ones yeah. we've got a really cool interview with a longtime listener named mudbone <laughs> that we uh we've we've uh wanted to talk about our our, our 2016 camaro pricing um We've got some voicemails that uh, we're going to get to as many as we can. We're running behind, and we probably won't even be able to get to them all this week uh, due to time constraints. Yep. But we're as you know, if we don't get to them this week, we'll get to them next week. Yep. Uh, and then state of the end, because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Memorial Day weekend and, and, and giving out some common sense that ain't always so common. So, all right, Chris, let's get into this. The Mustang outperforms the Camaro and Challenger in a crash test, but barely, according to the Free. Yeah, I saw this posted yesterday on the Detroit Free Press. The headline alone, I was like, oh, man, Mustang outperforms Camaro Challenger in crash test. Um, I saw our good buddies over at CamaroNews.com this week post videos of all these crash tests. And, and like you were talking about, these things are scary, man. That I wouldn't want to be want to be in a car when something like this happens. Damn, Who would man. But uh, but like we said before, they're doing this so we were safe, right? Yeah, that's right. And I, I seem to remember that the fifth gen Camaro scored extremely high in in the crash tests, and I I don't know is is I don't remember um, is is the twenty sixteen the sixth gen. Did it not score quite as high? Uh, I don't know. But, uh, this is what the Freep. The Freep goes on to say, the Camaro fell short in one category and lacks an available front crash prevention system, also known as forward collision avoidance warning. Um, and that's that little, I, I've got it in my caddy. It, yep. it, it kind of like. It beeps when you get close. Yeah. It, it's it's, it's, it's like kind of annoying. A and sensor. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah, it's a front sensor. Um, it would be better if the uh, the system actually applied the brakes for you too. When it otherwise, it's just a it's just an idiot light for me. I think we're just we're we're yeah. It's like what the hell's that beat? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be driving down my street. You know how my street curves? Yeah, I'll come around that curve and I'll hear no nothing's in front of me. You can adjust the sensitivity on that though, right? Uh, yeah, I think there's like one, two, and three by like how far ahead yep. uh, you are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know that there are some cars out there that are already doing the whole applying the brake yep. and saving your ass. Yep. Yeah, we've talked about this before, though. Does that just make it so you get lazy 
and you start to kind of rely on it to save your butt, and then when you get in a car that doesn't have that feature, you just ass-pack somebody, and <laughs> it's game over. You know? I mean, there's, there's, I don't know. I wonder if that doesn't take away any 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 driver skill. But it anyway, might. so it might. Uh, I would be surprised if you did see that forward collision avoidance warning on the Camaro in the next year because of this test. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what these tests mean. From what what I think there was a quote in here by I think uh, Fiat Chrysler. They uh, responded to their crash test and, and they basically said, uh, "Where is it here?" Um, they said our car is a fat pig. No, it says uh, Fiat Chrysler said no single test determines overall vehicle safety. Our vehicles meet or exceed all applicable government safety requirements. We urge all motorists to follow all applicable traffic laws and maintain control of their vehicles accordingly it says a chevrolet spokesman declined to comment on these tests okay hey chris you got the joe pesci thing queued up right there no i don't i'm sorry all right everything that fiat guy just said is bullshit <laughs> listen no single test determines overall vehicle safety of course that's true every situation is different however these tests set the benchmark okay oh. if 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 a, a Mini Cooper can do better than their Challenger, and I don't know for sure if it can or can, I'm just saying, you know, then then it in this standardized benchmark test, yeah. then that means that they got some work to do. Our vehicles meet or exceed the applicable government safety requirements, meaning minimum wage for safety. Yep. Okay. We urge all motors to follow all applicable traffic laws and maintain control of their vehicles accordingly. Who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm sorry. Might well, you might as well just say... Make sure you guys put your seatbelt on and follow the, the the posted speed limit. Yeah, and don't a, and don't ass back somebody. Yeah, or t bone somebody, or get t boned by somebody. Um, I think that I think the cars did okay. You know, um, having having a forward co collision avoidance warning on a Mustang is probably a pretty good idea for people leaving cars and coffee. Oh, here we go ba -bam, again. Bam bam. <laughs> bam bump. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist, but. Uh, they, 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 the, the, all, all the makers put so much money and research into this. It's amazing they're as good as what they are, considering yep. the testing has gotten so much harder. It used to be they would just ram it into a wall, head on. <laughs> yep. Say, there you go. Yep. Did anybody die? No, they're busted up real bad, but they didn't die. Good enough for us. But now they're doing that three-quarter offset and uh, all this, all these different testing, and they ram the thing into the side. They T-bone yeah. it. So it's yeah. all right. Yeah, so uh, I'll link this article up in the show notes, and then I'll, I will also link up the article from CamaroNews.com that has a link uh, to all the videos, and you guys can go ahead and, uh, I guess, watch those over and over if you want, if that's <laughs> if that's your thing. If that, if that suits your fancy. I don't know, man. Watching them sl the slow-mo, is it's just creepier when it's slow-mo. I'll just keep watching the Mustang one. <laughs> uh, what, what bothered the crap out of me on, on both the Camaro and the Mustang is how... The driver's side front wheel completely busted the hell off. Oh yeah, it, it just it just shot out. Yeah, it, it looked like it wasn't even attached to begin with. Uh, but you know what? If it absorbs the impact and then passes that kinetic energy for all you nerds into the wheel and shoots it off, and you know it's whatever it takes, man. Yeah. All right, we got to move on. I know we're, I know we got a pack show. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, we promised that we talked to uh, our friend uh, Rick Furnival, a.k.a. Mudbone. Yep. And Because uh, we've been talking a lot about pricing. Uh, probably the last month or so, 
it, it always seems to be coming up or sneaking up into our episode. Um, why are Camaros not selling as, as good as people think they should? And is the price point too high? So I, I think this is what kind of spurred the conversation between us and Mudbone. And here it is. All right. So we've got a very, very special guest on the show. Long-time listener. If you're a long-time listener, you've heard me mention this name multiple times. You've heard the voicemails. We have none other than the one, the only Mudbone <laughs> on the line here on the Camaro Show. Rick Furnival, how are you doing? And thank you for calling in. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for inviting me to, to join you in on the show. I'm doing great and uh, really looking forward to talking with you guys. Yeah, so so give us a quick, and I mean quick, uh, Camaro background. What got you into Camaros? Where are you from? The whole nine yards. Give it, give it to us real quick. Well, I've, I'm a long, lifelong Virginia resident, and I've known Camaros since uh, I was about 12 years old. Uh, the first time I saw a 69 Z28, it was probably in 1970. Uh, it was a brand new car in a parking lot and apartment in northern Virginia. I walked past it, and uh, it turned my eye almost as much as a hot chick would, and, uh, but I've never forgotten that car. Uh, it was dark green. I guess it was a polo green, just like uh, Greg's car is now, and uh, I just I loved it. Uh, always admired Camaros, dated the girl that had one back in the 80s, uh, a second gen, and then um, I bought my first Camaro in uh, 2005. I bought a 97 a Z4C 30th anniversary edition convertible. Nice. Had uh, 3,000 had had 3,000 miles on it when I bought it, and uh, that started me, uh, you know, in the real Camaro world. I've got two fourth gens now, and uh, but I've always followed the fifth gen. And uh, and uh, when I bought that car, I started following your show, and uh, uh, I guess it's all been uh, downhill since then. <laughs> So, yeah. so we talk about fourth gen, fifth gen, and then we're into the sixth gen. We're one year we into it because it's the one year anniversary of the uh, unveiling at Belle Isle in Detroit, yes. Michigan. Yeah, that just hit last week. Yeah. And, and Rick, the reason why we got you on the line here is because you did a little bit of number crunching here and, and, and your numbers and calculations and expectations caught our eye and we said, let's get you on the show. So... You've kind of extrapolated the history of the fifth gen and in the sales and the numbers and the pricing and everything. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about why the fifth gen costs what it does and what we can expect out of the or excuse me, the sixth gen, I'm sorry. And what we can expect out of the sixth gen moving forward. Well you know, you almost you well, come off almost like an accountant. Yeah, statistically speaking. <laughs> well, remember, I am an engineer by uh, profession. And so uh, I, uh, I'm into numbers, and when I, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, price of the of the sixth gen car and the sales of the sixth gen car, and uh, I think it was either the the last show or a show or two back, you all mentioned the April sales number, and uh, you know I thought I wonder what that number really means in the overall scheme of things, and of course there's been quite a lot of talk about the cost uh, of, of to go buy a sixth gen car. So I, I just went back and did some research, and I found that um, in the um, fifth-gen world, uh, April is usually a pretty good month uh, of sales. It's one of the, one of the bigger months, and um, it, uh, the, if you take the average of all the years of the, um, the um, fifth-gen car, 
April accounts for about 10% of, um, of the annual sales. And um, I also found it pretty interesting that, uh, again, discounting the first year, which uh, the, I think we got started late in, uh, in 2009. I think they started selling cars around, what, March or April? Yep. So they didn't even have a full year. And uh, But you, you throw that year out. And the sales are, you know, above eighty thousand, uh, but never over ninety thousand. I mean, there it's, you know, we got eighty one, eighty eight, eighty four, eighty, eighty six, and then the last year for the fifth gym was seventy seven, down a little bit. Uh, but you know, that's because there was so much talk about the uh, the sixth gen coming out. So I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But if you take and and the other thing I noticed, I in my research, I found that the uh, April sales for the sixth gen car were 74.57. You guys had reported a number, I don't remember, but it was right around 6,800. And um, uh, I found my information on um, on a website that has historical data for any car. You plug in the car and the and uh, the, the manufacturer and the model, and they give you all the numbers. So I don't know whether these are accurate or not, but uh, I cross-checked to some, to some other sources, and I think it's it's on the mark. So anyway, down to the to the to the nitty gritty. If you look at um, this April with seventy four fifty seven, and you take that ten and a half percent average, that'll project out sales expected sales for the uh, the first year of the twenty sixteen car at seventy one thousand uh, one hundred sixty two cars, which is more than the first year of the of the fifth gen, and um, you know it's a, it's less than the last year of the. Of the uh, of the uh, fifth gen, but it's still, uh, a re- you know, that's a, not a bad number. Uh, not it's all. not like I was expecting to find. I was, you know, with all the talk and the, the sense, I was expecting that number to be like, you know, 60,000 or something like that. So then I I wanted to see, uh, you know, we've been talking about the um, the what GM's expectations are for sales, and they said they like where the car is. That's what you guys have said. You've talked to the people, and and they uh, they're uh, very co- confident about the sales figures and and pleased. And so uh, you know, I thought, well, what what does it take to make them say that? So I wanted to take a guess. Now the the next two numbers that I'm going to present are just total wild ass guesses. They're just you know, what do you think numbers? And I asked myself, okay, what do I think the average transaction price for a fifth-gen car was? And I asked Greg the same question, and frankly, he came up with exactly the same number I did, $35,000. And um, if you take that 2014 sales, uh, total sales, and multiply it by $35,000, that gives you a truthfully whopping $3 billion dollars. And I was just that that number just floored me. I mean, I when you think about a car line and and you know making three billion dollars in gross sales, uh, that was impressive. So I went back and I said, okay, if they sell seventy thousand seventy one thousand cars in two thousand sixteen, what would how many um, what would they have to sell them for to make three billion dollars? And the number is forty two thousand four hundred and fifty bucks, a little give or take. But I, I'm just rounding off. Well, you know that if you look at the cars they're selling now and what people are kind of grumbling about, that's probably a pretty reasonable target. So, uh, you know, uh, what do you guys think of those numbers? I mean, look at look at the price. I mean, I'm just thinking right off from fifth gen to sixth gen. 
35,000 sounds like a very reasonable number as, as the average. I think I paid like 36 something for my SS, but then you also have to figure in um, all the ZL1s and the 1LEs and the Z28s that, that came later on in the fifth gen life. And then also, like you said, um, when we were talking previously, probably a ton of cars that GM sold uh, to budget rent a car and stuff like that as fleets, uh, fleet cars for the V6 models. Um, but that $42,000 price that you're talking about for an average sixth gen sounds about what I'm seeing on lots around here, uh, for a, either a one SS car or a V6 car that's either fully optioned, uh, or a convertible, uh, base convertible. Um, so we're looking at $3 billion. I think. I, I think they're they're on they're on par with that. I really do. I would agree. I think uh, you know I was expecting to see you know when I first started crunching the numbers, I was expecting them to be short, and I was thinking, oh, they might have a problem. But when I you know ran through these figures, well, you know I don't I don't think they are. Um, but the one other thing that I was talking about uh, with Greg was the um, okay if there is a drag on sales of the sixth gen car what could you know what could be doing it our view you know sitting here now you know i know that we're not seeing as many cars here on the east coast yet that's that's just a fact yep. but we are seeing them and, and it's very hard to distinguish on the road the two cars you got to be a real camaro nerd to tell the difference <laughs> and and so um i think that when the new mustang came out we're we're seeing huge sales in the Mustang. The Mustang, the, the newest model Mustang by any measure is clearly a success and good for Ford. I mean, I yep. think that's um, uh, it, it's just uh, strengthens. Uh, I think Jason always says it strengthens the breed, and uh, you know that's true uh, because the competition is there and and they're and they're making they they're making a wonderful car, no question about it. But uh, it also is, I think, very. It's appropriately distinctive, distinctively different, and yet it's still a Mustang. You know, it kept the heritage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I would say to, to GM, uh, you know, okay, you're going to refine this car. We know the 6th gen is not going to say exactly the way it is, but when it's time for a new model, I think, you're, you know, we need to move on. We need to introduce some new styling elements. We need to make this car continue to be Camaro, but also let's Let's break new ground. Yeah. The fifth gen was a wildly uh, amazing design car. There's just no question about it. Uh, and um, and I, 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 you know, it was only out for what uh, eight years? Is yeah. that right? How many years was that car out? Uh, came out '09 and and yeah. went away in '15. Yeah. Okay. So six six years and uh, six or seven years. Seems and, shorter uh, than that. Yeah, it did. It does. It really does. But uh, you know, that's 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 right. You know, and they, of course they did refresh it. Uh although I'm not sure I like the refresh that much, but uh, uh I I think it was uh you know, it was it was an, still a good design. And this car uh I would say it's clearly more attractive than the than the uh 5.1 version of the uh of the car. Mm -hmm. But um Next time around, I, I I hope they break some new ground. Okay, that's a now, fair fair thing, assessment. 
one thing that I would like to say, and I don't know if I've said this in a voicemail. I think I did. But I'll tell you the car that uh, I would really like to see. I really, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm an old gray-haired man. And uh, I, have, I need a daily driver, and I really need a sedan. I really would love to have an Alpha Platform Chevrolet in a sedan. Oh, there you uh, go. Good I, point. I mean, that would be, uh, I, I would probably, you know, I, told, I drove an ATS Cadillac when I was, you know, shopping for my car. Yeah. And the, uh, the base model uh, at 36000 list, that was right at the top of what, you know, I could afford for a company car to drive. And I drove one. And it was just too stripped down. You know, it it was a Cadillac targeting a price point. Right. And, uh, you know, I get that. You know, but the Cadillac you want is $45,000. And that's just, you know, it was too much for me for a company car. But if I could get an Alpha Platform Chevrolet sedan for, say, $34,000 or $36,000, oh, my gosh, they would have such a winner. It wouldn't be funny. Yeah. Like, say, uh, I don't know, like an Impala or, or uh, something like that and a four-door, uh, I don't know if Impala would be the right name to use for a four-door Chevrolet. Malibu. Ma- well, Malibu. Yeah, the Malibu would be fine. Yeah. Chevelle. Bring back the Chevelle. I've been <laughs> advocate of that for 10 years. Bring back the Chevelle. Yeah, yeah I think that really would be the, the way to go. Call it a Chevelle. And, um, you know, I know why they call the, 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 the Zeta platform car the SS. I mean, that was all about, you know, putting something out there that was generic for NASCAR to tie back to GM. I mean, that that that's pretty obvious. And that's a car they, they set out out of the gate. They didn't expect to sell more than four or five thousand of those cars. Yeah. But uh, if they got an alpha platform sedan, rear wheel drive, uh, you know, nicely appointed uh, for uh, a middle class guy uh, or woman, <laughs> uh, it would be. A huge success. Yep. I'm sick of front wheel drive cars. Yeah. I want, you know, I want a rear wheel drive car. Well, you don't have snow over there, do you? Yeah, but let me tell you what. I'm an <laughs> advocate for winter tires. Okay. You can drive. You can drive anything uh, if you've got winter tires. I put them on my Passat, and uh, it, that car will go like a tractor. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> but uh, you know. That, it suits me for my daily driver, although, you know, it, it is the diesel, and I don't know what they're going to do with that thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to buy so, it back. That's what they're going to do. Well, that's what the, that they say, and, and I'm hope. okay, GM, here you go. Hurry up with the Alpha Platform uh, sedan. The Volkswagen will buy back my Passat, and I'm there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I saw a Chevrolet SS uh, uh, Those cars last are nice, week. man. I, I was... I almost drove off the road looking at it just because it, it's 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 a testament to the new Malibu. It looks like a big brother Malibu. I, yeah, exactly. I, I think that I think they missed the price point on that car. Um, yeah, I know it's imported and all that. So it's a story of yeah. General Motors and Chevrolet's life, though. They missed the price point, which is why we're talking about it the way we're talking about it now. If, if they you sold know, that car for thirty-two, thirty-three thousand dollars, they would have sold the hell out of that car. Oh, oh shit! I would. I would have bought, bought one. one. I, oh, me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah, it was just you know, it was too much. Again, you know, for somebody looking for, I mean, how many people are driving around? You know, this the sedan is not dead. 
No. Everybody, you know, you, you see them on the road all the time. I don't, you know, I, thankfully, I think the SUV is dead. That needs to die. And, <laughs> hey, 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 oh, hey. I know, and and of course, the SUVs have made GM a lot of money. Yeah, it did. But uh, and I got one sitting out here in the in the driveway. So, <laughs> you know, my wife's suburban, but um, it's you know, I I just I don't want to drive one every day. I drove the Avalanche two generations of Avalanche. Uh, I put 200,000 miles on each of them, and uh, you can only imagine the gas bill that those two things uh, put on me. I bet. I just Grand Cherokee's been treating me well still to this day. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And the old Jeep. Six-cylinder? The, the, uh, the uh, four-liter? I, I got this. Uh, no, I got the 3.6-liter V6. Uh-huh. Great engine. But that those rumors of that SRT8 uh, Hellcat track hawk. <laughs> track hell cat yeah there you go chris there you go that, oh, man. that's enticing man that's enticing but i hope that with the new colorado being a success that we have a new blazer and then of course in turn we have a new cyclone oh yeah, there you go or typhoon or yeah. our typhoon yeah. or whatever it takes yes. to get back in the game yeah well Tell me a little bit, Chris, since I got you on here, about the, um, you drove the two-liter car. Yes. And, um, you know, that, I said, I, I don't know whether uh, I, I've said it to you, but, you know, the V8, as far as I'm concerned, V8s are nice, but uh, those guys that are saying that, oh, a Camaro can only have a V8, they need to get over it. That's just yeah. absurd. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the world we live in nowadays. Absolutely. And when you think of the power that's coming out of, Oh, for crying out loud! That four-cylinder, I know, uh, has making more power than that uh, that Z4C that's sitting out in the garage. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, that's just phenomenal. Uh, I think the cars will get uh, more affordable as the drivetrain costs go down, and uh, I think that's going to help out a whole lot. We'll see more of those cars out there, and um, you know, it's it's amazing. Back in the day, if you bought a car like that, you'd be settling. And now, if you buy a car like that, you got a smile on your face. Absolutely. Uh, wait till you see probably the tuner community get a hold of those cars when they're yeah. widely available, because they're gonna they're gonna turn that boost up. They're gonna just do some programming, maybe add a cold air induction. They're gonna be well over three hundred horsepower in those cars, and the car is only thirty three hundred pounds. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That and does sound sweet. As a, as um, Master Mike Licht from Full Throttle Speed, the Buick Grand National Tuner Extraordinaire, screw a little bit more boost into that and see what happens. Exactly. It should be exciting. Yeah. Well, Rick, I want to thank you so much for coming on our show this week, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Well, and thank I you. really appreciate it. Oh, I was going to say thank, uh, thank you for supporting our show the way that you have over the years and calling in and leaving us cool voicemails, and now we get to talk to you in person. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I really do uh, enjoy the show, and I appreciate those comments, uh, and thanks a lot for having me on. It was very exciting, and uh, I think this is kind of a new angle on the show that uh, you know is something that uh, really uh, makes just it's a good change-up. Yeah. You guys take care, and uh, I'll talk to you again sometime. Rick, right. thanks for doing the research and contributing to the show the way that you have. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Always great talking to Mudbone. Muddy Mud Skipper Bone <laughs> Man. Uh, great guy. Yep. Cool, cool guy. Always glad to have as a fan. And 
Oh, I actually, I hate the word fan. As a listener, I'm not Justin Bieber. I don't have fans. No, okay? no. Neither does he. But <laughs> anyway, all right. We got some voicemails. We got to catch up on as best as we can here. We sure do. I got. I got to cue these up here because it's been what, like two weeks now? Something or other like that. Something or other like that. Yeah, let's see here. Where's the first one? It's we have a list, dude. All right, you ready? Here we go. Hey guys, this is Sean from Oceanside. Uh, great show today. I uh, just wanted to comment. Uh, you had talked about the pricing and how uh, you, you believe that pricing could be playing a factor uh, in sales. I definitely believe that that plays a, a factor, but it also uh, you have to take some things in consideration when you look at, for example, the options. If you look at the Camaro that my dad bought in 67 that I had, that was my first car, it had four options on it. It had power steering, an AM radio, a two-speed power glide transmission, and the Bumblebee stripe up front. That was the only option. So, you know, everything else had vinyl seats and, you know, typical stuff you find in a 60s car. Whereas you look at today, people are looking at mainly the 2SS and thinking, wow, it's so expensive. But you think about the 2SS, it has uh, power leather seats that are heated and air-conditioned. You get an infotainment system. You get that on all of them. We've got that color LED, I don't even know what you call that, light show in the car. You get that. You get cruise control. You get a uh, heads-up display. Uh, you know, uh, you get magnetic ride control. You get the special quad-tip exhaust. Uh, you get a sunroof or a convertible. Um, and, you know, you know, uh, you know, OnStar and all these other things that, yeah, if you get a fully optioned out Camaro, it's going to cost you a heck of a lot of money. But if you get like a base one, if you get a 1SS with no options, that's going to be a little more reasonable. But then again, you're going to be like, well, gee, I, you know, I didn't get the magnetic ride control or whatever. But, you know, you got to weigh that stuff out. You know, things that were unheard of back then are now available now. And anyway... And also, too, I think the manufacturers are looking more at marketing towards uh, consumers, uh, marketing leases and longer-term payments um, uh, because, you know, it's just if you had to go pay cash for a car, and nobody could do it. Hardly anybody could do it. So, And these cars are so expensive now. Now they're just advertising when you see it on TV for, you know, local car dealers. It's leases. It's six-year loans, things like that. So that, that jacks up the price a little. Anyway, I uh, just thought I'd share my thoughts on that and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for calling in, Sean. He, um, that's, that's an appropriate voicemail to listen to after what that's we right. just heard from, from Mudbone. And he, um, he made a point there at the end that kind of like I, I just thought about where he said that Chevrolet is advertising more of like the longer-term payments. And, and I'm thinking... When when we got our fourth gens, it was uh, it was like sixty months. I think that was like that was like the max you could go that for was a car ridiculous. loan. But now, yeah. but now you're seeing seventy two and eighty four month payments on cars. That was that was unheard of back in the day. Uh, so of course, obviously, it lowers your car payment, but extends the length of time that you got to pay for the sucker. <laughs> yeah. Then again, if you're thinking, hey, I'm just going to drive for a couple of years and buy the next one. Well, that's awesome for Chevrolet because they know that another car sale right. is going to happen, and you stay in terminal debt. If they could do, and I might do that, I could do this: a lower lease payment, like so just like a two-year lease, 
I could just like trade it and get a new Camaro every two years. I would do yeah. that. I would do that. Why not? Yeah. I don't but know. then if you're if you're like me and you gotta get it and you gotta mod the hell right out exactly. of it, it's probably not a good idea. But I'm thinking my next car may indeed be a ZL1 and I'll oh, probably leave man. it the hell alone. Yeah. I mean, what more do I really want to do? You wouldn't need it? to do anything to it. But I know you would. I'd probably get some forge line wheels for it. Oh man. Tint the windows and then Put a bigger blower on it and headers and this and this. Oh, wait. Yeah. wait, wait hold on. <laughs> All right. You All ready, right. ready for the next one? Man. Yeah, let's hit the next one. Hi, guys. I'm Josh. Uh, rolling down the back roads in North Carolina right now. Uh, just got to listen to your latest podcast. Love the show, by the way. You guys are awesome. Um, I emailed y'all a couple months ago uh, about my 5th gen versus 6th gen. I ended up buying a great uh, 2SS. Hey, thanks for calling in, Josh from North Carolina. Yeah, new caller, right? Yeah, he's uh, new. I think he called in one other time, but um, okay. yeah, he's he definitely a newer again? caller. He he um he also makes a point on the pricing. Um, when you have a a, a comparable Mustang GT three fifty running in the low fifties, um, with more horsepower, I don't know if it's more capable. I don't know. I really don't pay attention too much to Mustang. That wouldn't even be an option for me to even consider if I was looking for a car. So <laughs> I don't care. But he makes he does make a point. Yep, good point indeed. Yep. Ready for another one? Yeah, let's hit it. Hey guys, this is uh, Jim from Sedona, and um, I had to call because last week uh, you guys talked about American graffiti, and since I'm an old guy, I'm 62. Um, I've seen this movie like 10 times. I love this movie. It's one of my top five uh, favorite movies. And um, there's uh, one person in this movie that you guys did not mention. You mentioned Harrison Ford. Uh, you mentioned Richard Dreyfuss, Cindy uh, Williams, of course, Ron Howard. But there's one person in this movie that's kind of a subtle actor, actress, that was in this movie, but you guys didn't mention her. And uh, it was the person that played the character in the little white T-Bird that drove around town that Richard Dreyfuss fell in love with. Suzanne Somers. And uh, it was Suzanne Somers. That was the person in the movie uh, that you guys didn't mention. And she went on to, to become kind of a famous actress. 
But anyway, um, that's not really the reason I called. The reason I called was that um, I wanted to ask you guys about rear wings on the new Camaros. And um, if you guys have mentioned this in a previous show, just say, Jim, go to a previous podcast, listen to that, and you'll get your answer from that podcast. But if not, can you guys tell me if this car has to have a rear wing? I know that you can't buy one without, like an SS or something, without a rear wing. But can you tell me if it has to have a rear wing? Is it just an aesthetics thing, or does it help the downforce? And so it really needs it. Anyway, uh, like I said before, uh, I really like you guys' show. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and uh, wait to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks a lot. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling in, Jim, from beautiful Sedona, Arizona. Makes a great point. Suzanne Summers was in that driving the white T-Bird that uh, Richard Dreyfus was looking for all night long. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to watch the movie one. Maybe this weekend. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. No. No. Um, (laughs) Who's Suzanne Summers? Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) All right. I was going to say, what the hell is wrong with you? You, I don't know. You commie or something? Um, Hey, let's... Look, I just have one word to say. Thigh master. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Great point. She was in it. Um, she had a minor role, but an important role. Okay. okay don't uh, spoil it for me. Don't spoil yeah. it for me. Because yeah. we got to talk about spoilers next. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Rear so wings, as, as in spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, he, he wants to know if it's required or, or do you have to have one? Well, I, I don't think you do, but I think it helps. I mean, it, it was designed helps. partly for looks, but partly for purpose. And I don't know how much of which. Uh, I, I think a great purpose because they arrow the arrow uh, engineering on this car and the time and effort that goes into uh, the wind tunnel with this car. They uh, they fine tune this car. So every different spoiler that's optioned for this car, you better believe it's functional. Now, I don't like the the wing or the spoiler that's on the 6th gen. And if I was to get a 6th gen, I'd get the uh the blade spoiler. That's yeah. that's an optional one. But yep. that's me. Well, let's think about this. How many of us are going to be driving to the car to the point where the spoiler makes a huge difference? Well, probably not any of us, but possibly for gas mileage on the expressway. Who knows? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> who cares about gas mileage is what I'm saying. When you can look bitching. Yeah. Um, good question though. Appreciate it. And it'll, it'll actually it'll keep me thinking because as I plan to plan out my next Camaro purchase, what spoiler I'm going I going to be happy with and make the performance sacrifice. Yeah. Well, if you're going to get the ZL1, you're going to have to take the ZL1 uh, one because that one uh, is is a little more radical. Yeah. yeah. All right. How many more do we have to go through? I don't know, but I'm thinking we may have to end this soon. Um, We probably have like four more to go. I think so. But I think we're going to have to cut it short this week. Yep. But everybody, please keep calling. We would love getting your voicemails. We love hearing you, especially our new callers. And uh, here's how. Hey, want to be part of this show? Well, we want to hear from you. Just hit our digits at 586-486-3182, 24 hours a day. Leave us a message, and we'll feature it in an upcoming show. So what are you waiting for? Do it now. I'm, I'm wondering, hey, when you guys call in, uh, can you tell us how you're listening to the show? Uh, are, are you listening to us on uh, iTunes? 
or Stitcher or TuneIn or right on our website or uh, the Google Play the Google podcast Play. section. Um, there's a gazillion ways to listen to the show now. And just, I guess, just kind of curious how you guys are listening to the show. I know we have a very large audience on iTunes. Boy, I got to tell you, Suzanne Summers, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she looked better at certain times of uh, her life. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I got to think that plastic surgeons just need to chill the hell out in yeah. Hollywood. God yeah, they do. dang, man. They do. Bad news. Okay. Now, uh, how many, how many think we can squeeze in for the rest uh, of the show? How about two more? So let's do it. All right. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jason. This is Josh from Louisville, Kentucky. Haven't called in a while. Well, I was going to take a business trip this week, and the rental car company did not have the car that I ordered online. So they dropped me off with a 1LT 2016 Camaro with three miles on the odometer instead. Well, now I'm at a little over 800 miles on this car, and I must say that it is an amazing car. Very quick, very composed ride, very composed handling. It's no ZL1, but if I was in the market for a brand new pony car, I would definitely have to look at the V6. Look forward to listening to the show. Thanks. Hey, Josh, thanks for calling in. He's another fellow ZL1 owner, too. So it's it's good to hear his uh, driving impression of a V6 6-gen Camaro. Very cool. Especially when it starts off at three miles and it has 800 by the time he's done renting it. Yeah, that's some uh, business trip. <laughs> all right. All right. Way to play, man. Way yeah. to play. Next thing you know, you can turn that thing into a uh, convertible with the aid of a can opener. Yeah. Yeah. My business trip I just went on, I put almost eight, uh, 700 and... I think 40 miles on the rental car that I got. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't no Camaro. It was a Hyundai Hyundai, a, Hyundai Elantra. Hyundai. <laughs> Hyundai. All right. Yeah. Let's Ready for the last one? one? Yeah. Hey, this is Brian Greer again. Um, listen to your show a lot. And um, I just got a couple of questions. Um, well, really just one. The uh, I heard it mentioned again on one of the previous shows in the last two or three about getting a carbon, carbon fiber hood. And I'm curious, because I took a magnet to my hood, and um, there's no metal in it. The hinges are metal, but the hood isn't. So what is it made of if it's not carbon fiber? Thanks, I'll be listening. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for calling, Brian. So so what's this hood made out of, Jason? In- interesting question. It's called composite. Yeah. It's um, uh, They're made out of a lot of different things. I, I can't remember the anagrams or whatever the hell it is, but... Uh, OMD, UMC, UFC, WWE, I, I, you know, something along those lines, N- NRA. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not metal. It's it's like a plastic composite material. Um, so definitely I, not but, carbon fiber. N- well, what 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 year did he say his car was? Uh, I don't know. If he bought it used and somebody put a carbon fiber hood on it, well then you yeah. know, maybe, but Might without knowing f- the history. But if it's from the factory, it's probably just composite. Just like that, you know, the the fourth gen Camaro had uh, no sheet metal on it except for the rear quarters, yep. the front fender, the door skins, the hood. It was all composite. Yep. Uh, actually, yep. I think the hood was metal, unless you got the Camaro SS from SLP, which was then composite. Yeah, yeah. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I know if you have a ZL1. The center part on the hood, uh, insert, uh, whether it's painted or exposed, it is definitely carbon fiber there. Um, but If it was carbon fiber, it probably weigh about, uh, what, a third, uh, half to two-thirds of what a normal hood would weigh. It would, like, when you go to lift the hood, you would, like, just, like, be throwing it into the air almost. Yeah, yeah. 
But a great question, great observation. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's pretty cool, cool that, that that you're you're questioning that. Yeah. Um, that's all the time we got for voicemails this week, right? Definitely, we got a couple more in the can here. Yeah, we'll save them till next week. Um, but we definitely appreciate all of our callers. Yeah, definitely keep them coming. Um, and email too. Questions this week. Yeah, we don't get too much email anymore. People like to call, but we we can we can take email or we can take Facebook messages or Twitter or whatever you want to throw at us. Yeah, you can fill out the form right on CamaroShow.com. Nice. All right, um, we got to wrap, but before we do, we're to go, this is the our our Memorial Day weekend. Um, we we got to say what shouldn't need to be said, but it needs to be said. Listen, go out, have a bunch of beers, and stay put. Yeah, drink with your friends, drink with your family. Salute our troops. Salute those who served, um, who serve, and who did serve, and who gave up their lives to serve and protect us and keep us free and keep us being able to say whatever the hell we want, whenever the hell we want, but don't become a part of another statistic. No uh, doubt. As the F. Bodfather would say and will always say, and we always will echo, um, be safe, do not drink and drive, buckle your safety belts. On behalf of us at the Camaro Show and all the men and women at General Motors and, uh, and Johnny Knoxville as well. I don't know. I just wanted to throw a third name in there yeah, for fun. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want to do a quick shout out too at the end of yeah. our episode. We've been to this event um, a couple times, and it's always a very, very special, fun event. And that is the Atlanta F Body Gathering, which is going on this weekend in, uh, in like an Atlanta suburb. Um, great hotel, the Marriott Beautiful. there, and um, lots of our friends go there every year. So just want to say. Say hi to everybody. Be safe out there, guys, and wish we were there. And uh, credit where credit's due, Andy Archer. He has, I th- think, he still has something to do with with the, with the with the show, putting it on for a long time. I, I know what it's like to do shows over many years, and it's it's not easy. He makes it look easy. Um, and and the facility, being able to see those cars in the parking lot that's tiered, yes. so you can see Perfect. what you want to see from one spot. It's yep. awesome. Yeah. It's good stuff. So um, I wish I could be there, but I got I friends know. and family coming into town. Uh, well, anyway, I think we better wrap up and get out of here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, thanks to um, Rick Furnival, a.k.a. Mudbone, for, for calling in and having that, our, I think, our, one of our first listener interviews. Yeah, right? it's kind of like uh, joined us for a conversation on the show. Let us know great. if you'd be interested in doing the same. <laughs> Excuse me. You okay, bud? I'm great. We wouldn't. We, we're entertaining the idea of making that a more common thing of interviewing our listeners. We want to talk to you about your cars. We want to talk to you about your 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 car background and and get your dialogue going back and forth about your thoughts on certain things. So, if you like the idea and you'd be interested, just all you gotta do is just let us know. Um, and thanks for all who provided the voicemails to us. We'll be back to hopefully wrap up and get caught up on our voicemails, but you got to keep them coming in order for us to do that. Yep. And if you're in the Atlanta uh, area, go stop by the uh, F-Body Gathering. Uh, Let Russ uh, Carrier Carrier. and Andy Archer and Scott Settlemeyer, all all those guys, uh, Andy, um, uh, what's his last name? Archer. No, Andy uh, from Illinois. Hitsman? no wow that's that was a name that i wow yeah you pulled that out from wow from 20 years ago yeah i wonder what he's up to (laughs) you know another name that i came up with the other day i was (laughs) it's actually taking a whiz at work (laughs) i don't know why this popped into my head stephen houseworth 
Oh, wow. Yeah. From 1996. Wow. wonder what he's up to. His license plate said Colonel 7. Yeah. Because he was a Linux guy. Yep. Yep. Well, anyway. I, was thinking, I was thinking of Andy McCall. That's the one. Yeah, him yeah. and that car that I'm going to buy from him one day. Yeah. That third gen? That pisses me off so bad. <laughs> you know, I, he's always pissed me off. Andy, I'm, I'm telling you, you've always pissed me off because you're so good at what you do. <laughs> All right. You ready All right. to get on out of here? Let's get out of here. Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. Hey, thank you to all our troops. If you served or are serving, uh, we appreciate you. See you guys later. Thanks for listening to The Camaro Show. Don't forget, drop us a voicemail at 586-486-3182. We'll see you next week. See See ya. ya.